The following talk was given by Bear Gokon Bonnebacher at Zen Mountain Monastery. Gokon is a senior monastic and dharma holder in the Mountains and Rivers Order. He serves as director of operations at Zen Mountain Monastery and also helps run the National Buddhist Prison Sangha. This talk, like all of our talks, is given free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. I am sure to become old. I cannot avoid aging. I am sure to become ill. I cannot avoid illness. I am sure to die. I cannot, cannot avoid death. I must be separated and parted for, from all that is dear and beloved to me. I am the owner of my actions, heir of my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions. Whatever I do for good or for evil, to that I will fall heir. This is a teaching that's attributed to the Buddha. It's called the Five Remembrances. I think it's more commonly used in the Theravadan tradition. The Buddha is sometimes spoken of as the great physician. There's a way in which this is the complete diagnosis. It kind of sums it all up. And they're called the Five Remembrances because they're meant to be remembered, meant to remind us, can use them to remind us of the way things are, the nature of things. Another translation says, I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to become ill. I am of the nature to die. This is the nature of things. You might feel, how does, this, how does this land in you? The Buddha is just speaking of the way things are. It's not a complaint. It's not positive or negative, pessimistic or optimistic. It's just the way things are. I've been thinking about impermanence and kind of feeling impermanence in me. Last week I was away and um, visiting my family. Um, some of my family had gathered to celebrate my father's 80th birthday. We don't have a big family, but there was an aunt and an uncle, my nephews, my sister. And seeing my parents who were aging, my aunt and uncle are aging. I knew them when they were young. And it is clear that they are moving more slowly, more carefully, doing less. They are changed and changing. So being with them, I was seeing that, feeling that, the reality of that. Big, strapping, young teenagers, full of energy and eating huge bowls of plates of food and then sleeping a lot and then doing a lot. I was noticing how much kind of conversation was about them, about what they were doing, what they were going to do. Kind of the interest um, in that possibility in youth. 
and being with my sister and my brother-in-law, about my age. A few years ago, um, with my family, I, can't, we were, I guess we were just talking about age, and, and Sean was saying, like, no, we're not middle-aged, we're in the late bloom of youth. <laughs> we can't say that anymore. <laughs> And so it's just feeling, just feeling. It's just kind of the poignancy, time passing, age. I also last week read a little bit of a novel called Circe, which is a um, kind of modern retelling of some Greek mythology. And Circe is a um, sort of a minor goddess. Um, I didn't get very far. She's a character in the Odyssey. And there was this, just this section where she is, um, have, has, for the first time, met a human, a mortal, and is then talking with another god about mortals and humans and sort of asking, well, asking about them and it just trying, like, trying to understand how is it not, and kind of not understanding that we don't live forever. She says, how do they deal with that? And this other God just says, they do the best that they can. When we study impermanence, it is central in the teachings because it is the nature of things, of this life, of all conditioned things, everything that we come into contact with. Buddhist practice is the study of reality. Impermanence is the nature of reality. So we study this. And we study impermanence because not understanding impermanence, not sort of being in, in intimate with impermanence, that is a cause of suffering, of dukkha, the unsatisfactoriness of our experience. I'm sure to become old I cannot avoid aging. I'm sure to become ill. I cannot avoid illness. I'm sure to die. I cannot avoid death. We don't want to be sick. It is uncomfortable. It prevents us from doing the things that we want to do that we're used to doing. We don't feel ourselves. These days we have to isolate when we're sick. A couple of the residents are sick. I took them some food the other day and said, good morning, and I just heard, ah. <laughs> Sickness is suffering. We don't want to grow old. It was fun being young. I could do things, I'm not so old, but already the things that I used to do that I don't do anymore. Being with my nephews, they're very athletic, so we always, there's, that's sort of one of the things that we do together. And um, this year I was like, growing old is suffering. And we don't want to die. I like being alive. I like being me. There are people who I love and want to be with. There are things I want to do. I don't want to lose all of that. Death is suffering. And yet, it is my nature to get sick. 
It is my nature to grow old. It is my nature to die. And so there is this sort of basic religious question of suffering that is at the heart of Buddhism. It really is like the religious question. How is this suffering? Why is it that we suffer? That life seems to be qualified, pervaded by this unsatisfactoriness, disappointment, anxiety, fear. What are we to do with this, with dukkha? And of course, Buddhism says there is something to do. There is something to be done. There is a path. Thich Nhat Hanh says impermanence is a practice to help us touch reality. It is a practice. The five remembrances are a practice. A practice to bring us into the reality of our lives, closer to the reality of our lives. How is it when we know impermanence? When we see ourselves and the things that we encounter as they are, can we do that? I was thinking, you know, it's kind of interesting how we live in this reality. We are living in this reality. And we all know impermanence. We all know that we're going to die. And we don't know. It's kind of remarkable how that is kind of remarkable. How is that? How do we maintain that? Manage to deny and ignore, distract ourselves from things as they are. It is right here for us to see, always. We know it and we don't know it. We fight against it, we try to deny it, kind of act out. And so we are in conflict, opposed to. Often our, mostly, often our acting out is kind of in our samsaric habits. There must be some lasting pleasure in this beautiful, pleasurable thing. So turn to turn to that again and again, stubbornly. We hold on to things that can't be held on to because it is their nature to, to change. And there's a way in which we know that, but we hold on all the more. How is it that even when we have some personal contact with death, with the reality of death, someone close to us dies, maybe someone dies before their time unexpectedly, young. Maybe we have a brush with our own mortality. Some years ago, I had an accident. I was something I was standing on sort of collapsed and I fell and hit my head on a rock, broke my nose. And there was a moment. Um, it all happened just sort of in a rush. But then there was a moment of um, where my eyes were open and I saw the stone coming at me. And I had, a, and I had, had the thought, is this, is it just going to go dark? And is this, is this it? 
And I was fine. I, traumatic, but I was fine. And I was very alive for a while. There was, it, was, it, was, um, it was subtle, but it was quite... I was very alive in my body, mind. And then it kind of faded. There's a passage from Dogen's Fast Gone Thusness that um, and I wrote that it sort of has haunted me, stayed with me. He says, your body is not you. Your life is transported, moving in time without stopping even for a moment. Where has your youthful face gone? When you search for it, there is no trace. When you ponder deeply, there are many from the past whom you cannot encounter again. The pure mind does not stay. It comes and goes in fragments. Even if there is truth, it does not stay within the boundary of yourself. Where has your youthful face gone? What has happened to all those you have known you can never see again? Nothing stays, not even your body as you. I worked on this fascicle with Shugen Roshi and Dokusan, and so I would take section in and explain my, present my understanding of it. And I remember that with this passage, what I brought in was pretty lame. And he said so. I think that's, um, and I, I was like, I couldn't, it was hard for me to enter this. I didn't want to enter this. Let it in. Life is slipping away, constantly changing. When we touch this, it can feel intolerable. But it's just the nature of things, just the reality of our life. How do we live in contact with this reality? Bring ourselves into contact with this reality. I am sure to become old. I am sure to become ill. I am sure to die. I must be separated and parted from all that is dear and beloved to me. Impermanence also sort of asks the question, begs the question of what are we to do with this life? Time is swiftly passing. This human life is fleeting, ephemeral, uncertain. Knowing this, how shall we use this life? How do we want to live? And so there are teachings in Buddhism that point to this reality, point to impermanence, and ask that question. Teachers are trying to going to bring us out of our sleep. Some of them are very direct. Tibetan teacher Longchenpa says, death is sure. Uncertain is its when and where and how. This life is ever dwindling. No increment is possible. Many are death's circumstances. Those that make life possible are few. You have so little time. And he's saying this because he wants us to practice. 
There's this question of what to do with this life. And so the Buddhist teachers, they, they have an answer for us that they offer. And having made contact with the teachings, they say, well, please, use this. Practice. Don't waste this opportunity. They say this out of compassion, having found some freedom for themselves through practice, wanting to offer that to us. Dogen Zenji, in the, the next lines in, in the fascicle from Thusness, he says, because of thusness you arouse a boundless aspiration for enlightenment. Once this aspiration arises, you let go of what you have been playing with. These lines get to me too. And I hear a question here. I have a question here. Meeting impermanence, knowing impermanence. What do we do? What do we want to do? Can we let that be a true question? What are we playing with? Are we playing? Do we want to put that down? Shall we put that down? So to let this be a question that the reality of our life asks, offers. How will we use this life? And this is not a question for the privileged, or just for the privileged. Because from the Buddhist perspective is talking about working with our minds, talking about practice, of seeing where, where, do, where is it that we actually live, give our time and energy to. It's asking us to look at our mind, how we use our mind, what we create with our mind. It's remembering a simple story that Daido Roshi used to tell it's one of these stories that he told frequently, often, about someone who gets up in the morning and complains. Oh boy, here we go again, another day. Cereal for breakfast again. Kind of boring. Kind of wish I hadn't looked in the mirror. I'm getting older. Off to work. It's kind of boring, doesn't pay so well. And then someone else who gets up in very similar circumstances and wakes up and say, oh, another day. I wonder what this day will bring. Time for breakfast. I'm so glad that I have enough to eat every day. I have plenty. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my health. I'm in relatively good health. Off to work. I'm grateful that I have work, employment, people who I work with. And he would say, try it. And I always wondered, why, why do I need to try complaining? But I would what he was pointing to is to see what we're doing. See what we're creating. 
much power we have in our minds. And because things are impermanent, things are workable. And so this is also pointing to that. How much we can change, how much we can work with things, with our life. I've also been thinking about climate change, and I was thinking about that with impermanence. Change is happening. It's undeniable. And so here is impermanence. It has always been this. Things are of the nature to change. Our life is of, of the nature to change. And maybe now more, more so. And so our most ancient teacher is offering us, is showing us this teaching. Things are changing. Things are of the nature to change. She is showing us the urgency of the question. And again, can it just be a question? Given this reality, what do we want to do? How do we want to use our life, our energy, our time? Can we feel our way into that with our body, in our body? What is true for us? What would be healing? and helping. I am the owner of my actions, heir of my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions. Whatever I do for good or for evil, to that I will fall heir. And so another fundamental teaching, the teaching of karma, the teachings is often referred to as the law of karma, just because this is how things work. This is how it is, cause and effect. Because of this, that. Because I do this, that. Tadaroshi used to say, what you do and what happens to you are the same thing. What does that mean? And so again, the Buddha, the teaching, stating the nature of things. And there is a question. What does this mean? I hear in this teaching, who am I? And who is this karmic self, this self that is the result of my actions, that has been created? What do I do with this karmic self? Is this all of myself, the whole of myself, my true self? How do I work with this self, with these energies and habits, forces that move through me? What are they? What are we to do with this self? So I was drawn to another teaching of Dogen's, this is from his fascicle, Refrain from Unwholesome Activity. And so he says at the beginning, he says, refrain from unwholesome activity, do wholesome activity, purify your own mind. This is the teaching of all Buddhas. And so kind of another teaching that 
captures the whole thing. This is all of practice. This is what we do with this mysterious self, how we work with ourselves, with our energies and desires and thoughts and emotions, habits. But what does that mean? How do we do this? Later in the fascicle, there's a, a dialogue where a student asks, what is the essential meaning of Buddha Dharma? And the teacher says, refrain from unwholesome action. Do wholesome action. And the student says, but anyone could say that. A child could say that. And the teacher says, yes. But even a mature person cannot fully do this. Practice it. I don't think that means that it can't be done. I think it just means that it is continual. There is always practice. There is always working with this self. And this is a good thing, this exploration into the, how, into the question, into the practice. How do we live this life? What do I do with this self? I think that's a really important teaching to take in and to remind kind of another remembrance that we need. Because there is this deep belief that I think most of us have, maybe all of us have, coming to practice, coming to Buddhism, hearing about this thing we call enlightenment, that that's going to purify everything and then it's just going to be Pure sailing, clear sailing. There is realization. There is liberation. We do purify. And it continues. It's continual clarifying. As far as I can tell from those who I have met, that's, again, kind of seems to be the reality of how we are, the way we are. So I'll end with the remembrances again. I am sure to become old. I cannot avoid aging. I'm sure to become ill. I cannot avoid illness. I'm sure to die. I cannot avoid death. I must be separated and parted from all that is dear and beloved to me. I'm the owner of my actions, heir of my actions, born of my actions, related through my actions. Whatever I do for good or for evil, to that I will fall heir. Thank you for listening. To find out more about ZMM's programs, retreats and residency, please visit us online at zmm.org.